Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Backstage at Platt House. I'm your host, Jaden Klubeck. This podcast was recorded on April 30th, 2021. Today, I'm here with members of PacExec, which is the Performing Arts Council Executive Board of uh, last year. So, of, well, I guess this academic year, 2020-2021. I'm excited to have everyone introduce themselves. I'll go first. Um, hi, everyone. I am Connor Beard. I am a communications major concentrating in marketing and messaging and minoring in Native American and Indigenous Studies. And the last two years, I have served as Community Service Chair of the Performing Arts Council Executive Board, and my pronouns are he, him, his. Hi, Plathouse podcast listeners, our tried and true podcast family. Um, <laughs> I'm Hannah Piquet. I'm one of the dynamic duo of Hannah's on Pack Exec this year, um, and I'm the tech chair. Hi, everyone. My name is Adam First. I use he, him pronouns. I'm a senior majoring in visual studies, minoring in theater arts. And for the last year, I was chair of Penn's Theater Arts Council. Hi, my name's Ayaka. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, hers. I am the former SMAC chair on PAC Exec. Uh, aside from that, I'm a soprano performing member uh, in Penn Singers. I was on the board of Penn Players, and um, I am a fan of all things musical theater and opera. All right, I love it. Great. Uh, just to kind of um, start off with a little icebreaker, how are you doing right now? And I know you guys are graduating quite soon. Just how's how's life? And be as candid as you'd like. <laughs> it's happening. It, it, life is happening. You know, like that's what I can say about it. Um, the pandemic still happening, um, but you know, we're living through it. We're we're we're, we're surviving. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. I'm just surviving. I, I, I'm hanging in there. I think that. It's just been definitely very draining for a lot of people having to work in this virtual climate. And I think it's getting to a point where, like, could it be senioritis? Sure. I don't think it's senioritis. Or if it is, it's made exponentially worse by the pandemic, to be perfectly honest. Like, just sitting in front of a screen can definitely mm. get tiring. But um, I've been really happy to see a lot of the work and art that's come out this year of Platt's groups, honestly. Like, I have been very, very by that and I think that really speaks like is a testament to how incredible and committed people are do are doing performing arts here for sure yeah definitely hard to tell the difference between senior burnout and then pandemic burnout mm. um, <laughs> I don't really know where that line is between those two <laughs> but overall nothing's are good it's very bittersweet to be graduating in a way I'm very excited to because I'm excited to you know especially as the world starts to open again to like, you know, move on and start doing other things. I wish I had a better idea of what those things were, but that's okay. We're going to get there in due time. At the same time, it's very sad to be um, leaving so many close friends um, in the process, but so definitely trying to spend as much time with them and enjoy the last few weeks that we have here. Yes, of course. Can you kind of just give us an overview of what your performing arts experience has been like these past four years? Hannah Piquet? Yeah, so when I kind of came into Penn, I really wasn't sure about how much I wanted to be in the performing arts. Um, I've mainly been a sports person in high school, so I was very much like that kind of competitive spirit kind of head, and I was like, I don't know how great I'll be doing in the arts scene, even though I started arts my senior year. I love that. I, I didn't know you played sports in high school. That's that's awesome. What sports yeah. did you play? Um, I did basketball for a really long time. I was... 
like one of their big um god I can't even remember the terminology <laughs> I've been so out of sports now but like you know the ones like by the basket who are more the, like the or power forward yeah like kind of like um it was very weird like so instead of like actually saying stuff they'd be like number us and so one person was like um the main ball handler um and then two and three were guards and then I can't remember what four and five are we always just called them the bigs because it always the tallest girls yeah then it was tallest and the biggest girls so then you could just like box them out and then just be <laughs> able to like shoot hoops super quick so that's what I did for a really long time and then I also threw track for track and field. So like shot put and discus was terrible at it, especially javelin. Ooh, that was a nightmare. But you know, I had fun. That's <laughs> what matters. I love that. It's amazing. <laughs> but there was just like some pool I had to it. I I don't know what it was. And I was like, I'm gonna audition for like some theater shows. And then I missed the audition and I was like, Well, I can't join now. Arts are done, like life's over, just like be sad at Penn. And it ended up, I actually saw that they had tech interviews and I went there and I talked to some people and I was like, they're not the actor. They, they, they can't be as cool. Right. And it ended up, I just really found like a really good family there. And the vibes were just amazing with everyone in tacky. I talked to who was really like tech interested. And I just like came in knowing nothing about tech and I was like okay I'll do whatever you want like I'm an eager beaver put me wherever um and it really just started me on this weird journey to becoming a sound designer that I didn't know anything about sound like I know how to listen to things but other than that like you know never done anything editing wise in my life um and then just ended up becoming like a go-to sound designer when it came to a bunch of different musicals and like play productions at Penn um and then after doing basically as many shows as I could my freshman year again I was an eager beaver I just joined front row board on a whim and it just really changed my life really made me think differently about how theater is done um and just also I can say that about all the other different productions I've been able to go to which once you get into the arts, it just it flows like crazy. So once I got into FTC and stuff, I started doing players and then joined Penn Singers, joined their board as well, and then just kind of kept going all the way up till now. And I've been tech chair for two years. It kind of just happened with me following Lewis, like a lost puppy dog. He was like, I want to be tech chair or he wanted to be um, tacky chair. And he was like, there is a position open. And I was like, to be able to pal around with my buddy Lewis? Heck yeah. And so that's why I did it. Like, it wasn't really me being the most um, upright and able to change the community kind of efforts. But I've already done it, so nobody can take that away from me. Um, But I don't know, I just really, once I got into those positions and saw how great the people were, it's like, oh, I want to make the arts a better place for them. And so that's how I kind of ended up doing my crazy journey. Now we're at a close, which feels crazy. Um, I can go. So I'm involved in a range of performing arts activities here on campus. Um, I, like, as community service chair, I essentially work with Platt staff to help run a program where we bring in, like, 40 different kids in the Philadelphia region and mentor them in performing arts. It's called the After School Arts Program, or ASAP. For all of you listening, you should definitely sign up for it. Reach out to Natalie Doppel, the new the new Pack Exact Community Chair. It's a really wonderful program. Definitely can be a little tricky at times because you're working with middle schoolers and that's such a weird time in kids' lives, but easily one of the most fulfilling parts of my time at Penn. 
Um, so there was that. So that's something that I have been very involved in since midway to my freshman year. Um, I, uh, I also, my freshman year, I joined Glee Club here on campus and am incredibly happy to see a lot of the work that they've been doing recently, especially now that they have passed um, amendments to their constitution, allowing for the full integration of their singing section. So I'm really, I'm really happy to have seen that during my time here. Um, but yeah, and then like, I think I've just also done really, I've done it all within Tacky. I have acted, done tech, and I think probably like directed two different shows here, including the first student-led theatrical production about Indigenous people, which was a very important show to me, very near and dear to my heart, being Indigenous myself. I want to promote my community stories and our visibility. I was really honored to get the chance to direct actually with Broadway Theatre Company, and very grateful that it actually went up like two weeks before the pandemic really hit. So that was, I think, the last fully in-person tacky show. Um, so I'm very, like, I don't want to be in this situation, but I'm very grateful that, that that was able to happen because I feel like that was just such an important piece for me to really get my community stories on the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and like, I've all, I also directed with Quadramics during the pandemic in the fall. Um, I directed a show called 26 Pebbles, um, and that was a really wonderful experience. Um, really, I was really focusing on just building a community and doing and creating that and crafting that show and working with the cast and crew. Or for this past year, I was on the Front Row Theater Company. Um, there, I was on their board. So, um, so yeah, that's something else I do. So, lots of tacky, lots of performance. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, of course. And Manahata was outstanding. It's beautiful, beautiful show. I'm really grateful I was able to see it. Adam. Yeah. So I definitely uh, came to Penn with performing arts and theater on my mind. I loved doing it throughout high school, and I was like, if I can find a way to keep doing it, great. So that was definitely my goal and was very excited to, you know, find that community here and kind of make Tacky and the Performing Arts my home um, ever since freshman year. I started out doing very specifically a lot of set design because that was something that I really enjoyed and I still do. Um, But the more shows that I worked on, in addition to doing a lot of design, I also kind of, you know, broadened out a bit. So then I started uh, producing. I tech directed a couple shows as well. Um, I'd also joined the board of Penn players and then served as the chair of that company during my, uh, junior year, uh, which was a lot of fun getting to, well, really like one of the last fall seasons, <laughs> um, where our last in-person musical, which was a little sad, but it was really fun to get to kind of oversee that process. And, um, especially the, uh, recruitment kind of outreach portion of being chair and being on board was really fun to me. I really liked you know, reaching out to freshmen and making sure that they felt welcome within our production and within our community, trying to encourage them to run for boards and, you know, stay involved in Tacky going forward. And then for the last year, I was um, chair of Tacky Theater Arts Council. So I really had fun doing that, but, it, you know, definitely not what I expected the job to be. And, you know, the responsibilities definitely shifted quite a bit, to say the least. <laughs> Um, with, you know, the kinds of stuff that I was doing or, you know, the kind of events that I was planning on having. But at the end of the day, I'm still very grateful for the opportunity to have done it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Your set designs are amazing. If anyone listening, uh, just check out Pen Players or some of the other theater companies' sets uh, that Adam has designed uh, have been also just incredible. What has been like the biggest lesson you've learned in your respective positions. Flexibility. That is the one main thing that I have learned mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in my entire time, like in leadership and arts. <laughs> I mean, even before the pandemic, um, in ASAP, junior year, 
I was very, I think, strict. We pair up the kids. They go into their different performing arts groups. And if a kid was like, I don't want to do this, I'd be like, okay, you put it down. I'm putting you there. That was like kind of my reaction. And I was like very strict about that until I started to realize people make mistakes when doing this sort of stuff. And also like it, it, it isn't going to be the end of the world if they want to actually go dance and be with their cousins instead of doing like singing. I don't know. So it's important just to be kind of flexible and stuff and to understand like, yes, there are moments when I needed to kind of be like, stop doing this. But a lot of the time I could be flexible and that's perfectly fine. I think that that was something that actually really helped them warm up to me a lot more as the year went on. Because I think at first, like, it was just like I was being so strict that I that they were like, oh, an authority figure. Um, and I'm sure they would be like that with anyone. But I think that that just made things like a little bit more that way. And then, of course, I think just during the pandemic, none of us expected to be here for our senior year. I didn't expect <laughs> to be recording this podcast yeah. with you in California during, during, during like the school year. But like, here we are. Like, <laughs> like, 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 I, but, like, I think everyone had this sense at the start of the pandemic, or the, or I should say, like, March, um, when that, like, this is going to be three or four weeks, and then we'll be back to normal, it'll be fine, and we're here over a year later, so mm. still, like, totally virtual, and it's something where, like, you cannot predict the future, like, we, we, we tried, like, like, like mm. for me, like, I proposed a direct quadramics, honestly, thinking that we'd probably be hybrid for the fall, um, I did that last mm. year, that was my, my mm. train of thought. As the summer went on, it started to dawn on me that I was like, this is going to be fully virtual and stuff. And it's like something where I had to be like, okay, I need to be flexible with this. Yeah. I I think the overall biggest lesson I've learned is that a lot of groups are much more similar than they think. I think when it comes to like all the different factors of groups being like, you know, some are older than others, some are in a different subcommittee, some aren't even in PAC, and really, like, kind of at the core of it, everyone's there to, like, have fun and make art that people enjoy, um, and sometimes in our heads, I think we kind of get in, like, you know, like, I'm the FTC person, so I do relevant theater and blah, 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 blah. No one in FTC is like that, but that's my <laughs> horrible example. Um, really, everyone's kind of the same and have similar goals of just wanting to make something people can connect with and that's been one thing I've really learned of like trying to help people even with tech um there's like some groups that you know are like oh we're not the tech groups but we still want to learn and like the perception of who they are as a group and who they are as people is really different and I really just hope people coming into Penn really know that even though our groups may be divided in like different ways and organizationally just to like help things flow because 47 groups is a lot of groups a lot of people Mm. the core community of arts people is really strong and they're always looking out for each other so if you ever feel yourself being biased against somebody within like pack or with a different group like make sure to like look out in your perspective of like who individually these people are because they're really amazing once you can kind of get out of your blinders of the silly things that we've all used to like differentiate ourselves Hmm. yeah I, i haven't thought of it like that that's 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 really thoughtful kind of adding on to what connor was saying especially in the beginning um no matter how much you plan 
And no matter how much like you think that you might know what's going to happen and that you can say, you know, for really for however much, you know, you can try and prepare like this was true pre-pandemic and, you know, for anyone who's done arts and, and theater knows that like anything that can goes wrong often does, especially very true now. Um, so definitely making sure like, even if you don't have backup plans that you're able to then be like, okay, well, we can't do the first thing. So what's similar or like, how do we achieve the same ish sort of outcome or same ish sort of, you know, feeling or like emotional response, like, or, you know, achieve the same goal, even if you have to do something completely different. I also think that um, being able to kind of read um, social situations and, you know, being able to kind of analyze like how people are feeling and just kind of the overall sentiment and kind of reassess things from there was very important for me. Um, Mm. I had a lot of social activities planned for last summer, but then it seemed that it wasn't really the time for them. So then, you know, we as Tacky kind of refocused our energy um, towards more pressing issues um, and more important issues that we thought we could you know, have an impact on more than just like, you know, having like a little game night or something, which we did end up having, but at the time it was more important for us to focus on more pressing issues, issues of social justice and raising funds and donations um, for Black-owned businesses and organizations, which was, in my mind, more important than necessarily um, continuing tacky work as normal last summer. And another idea that another one thought that comes to mind is um, once we were in the fall and winter and we were, you know, planning for shows and groups were doing their own and the season and planning for seasons and planning for the spring, I kind of gathered that there was kind of a growing sentiment of burnout and kind of a certain level of tiredness that came from after that came from uh, after working on the shows in the fall and the spring and the winter um, and they were great. They were really great shows, especially 26 Pebbles, directed by Connor Beer. Oh, yes. <laughs> but also at the same time, I don't think we fully appreciated how taxing virtual theater is and how virtual theater is, to put this very bluntly, it's all of the work that comes with putting on a show and much less of the like artistic and really social benefits that come with it. Because mm-hmm. while you still have the work of, you know, often still memorizing lines, depending, um, and filming, and, you know, you have to put everything together, but, like, there's no tech week where you're all hanging out, and you don't go get food afterward, and there's no, you know, seeing someone just, like, during the day, and you get to kind of relax and see someone outside of that rehearsal context. So all of that just led to much more draining processes. Um, So then from there, thinking about the spring and saying, well, maybe instead of, you know, each group putting on their own show where everyone kind of feels very isolated, where we all kind of work on one together. Um, So that was something that I was very proud of doing. And I'm very glad that actually Pipeline opens tonight, which will now be Pipeline, the spring collab show, which will be after this podcast airs. Um, But that's okay. Um, If you can have a time machine, go back and watch Pipeline if you haven't already. But yes, I'm very proud of that collaboration um, and glad that was something that we went through with. Yeah. I'd love to just kind of 
paint paint a picture for all of our listeners of what ASAP looked like this past year. Yeah, so for ASAP, what we did, um, I worked pretty closely with Lori McCall, my queen, my savior. Um, if y'all have not met her, meet her because she's an amazing person. So I worked closely with her to plan out ASAP this year. What we ended up doing um, is a fully virtual version of the program. For all of you new students at home, um, you would see like once a week, like a bunch of kids running around flat student performing arts house and there'd be free food and stuff like that. And it was a very wild and chaotic site. Um, but um, now of course we're not in person. So it was fully virtual, held over Zoom. Um, in the fall, we did kind of a trial run of the program. So we only did like three different sessions of it. And um, we worked with some like kids who were in the program last year, like 15 kids or something. And then um, we bumped it up until, until like about like 40-ish, I want to say, for the spring. And like we had like nine sessions. And yeah, it happened fully virtually. We have, um, we have singing, um, theater, dance and instrument instrument mentors what would happen is that i would um place out place them in the breakout rooms with their respective um groups and that's where they would like be practicing their art or their discipline usually when i'd be splitting them into breakout rooms because they go to multiple different breakout rooms in one session so i can't plan it ahead of time um the lovely natalie doppelt would be hosting an icebreaker and trying to work with them in that way to help keep them occupied which is really helpful to have. She was incredible to have this semester. And um, yeah, it was just held fully virtual, which definitely came with a lot of difficulties at times. But um, I I think the kids really enjoyed it a lot. They really, really enjoyed it this year from everything I saw. And I made me really happy to see that they were really, they seemed, they seemed actually really like sad, like where Lori was like, say bye to Connor, everyone. Like this is his last time. They actually seemed like kind of sad about, they actually seemed to be sad about it. And it was like, I mean, I don't want them to be sad. I don't want them to be sad. But it's like nice to know that I've had that I've helped have that impact in their life. And then they were also sad that ASAP was ending. And it's just it's it's good to know that like one of our last activities was Natalie asked people to kind of just talk about what they've learned from the program. And quite a few people said that they just kind of learn to have a lot more confidence in what they're doing and in learning arts. And at the end of the day, that's what we're here for. At the end of the day, we're like ASAP is about like yes, it is about teaching the kids an instrument or singing and stuff. But really what it is, is making sure that they are having a really enjoyable time and learning to love the arts. And that was what I think we really achieved because of what a lot of feedback we got from kids during the program was. So, um, so yeah, I was very happy with how it ended up turning out. It went really well, like, honestly, like, really well over Zoom. I was really, really pleased with it. So, um, so yeah, and the mentors were all literally amazing and working with us on it. So, so yeah. Fabulous. What did this Tacky Collab production look like uh, from your perspective, Adam? Yeah, I, I can just talk a little bit about, you know, the collab and how that came to be. Um, so the idea was really to, you know, focus a lot of our resources and energy between all the different groups for a way that we could all come together. Um, and then the thinking was instead of just like doing any kind of random show that can be done any semester at any point, um, we wanted to tell a story that could elevate the Black artists and voices in our community. Um, so uh, four of the tacky groups collaborated with 4A, the African American Arts Alliance. Um, so it was a five group collab. Uh, and we did a production of Pipeline um, that it was that was student directed and we had a set of co-producers. So we kind of pulled uh, people for all those roles across all the different tacky boards. Um, and then it was very cool to 
you know, let everyone kind of come together and revolve around one project. Um, and that could make the social events um, less sad over Zoom <laughs> because there's nothing worse than when like one person shows up to a social event. <laughs> um, so it was able to make, you know, all of those like more of like an event type atmosphere and we would get better turnout for that. And same thing with um, like auditions and tech interviews. Um, so we could, you know, really just try and pull everyone to, together as close as we could in, you know, a semester where it'd be very easy for us to kind of stay apart. One thing I'm very curious about hearing about from all of you is it, you were elected to PAC exec in February of 2020. Uh, evidently, we did not know what we were going to get into the month later. But I was really impressed by uh, PAC execs mobilization uh, as a team, uh, especially from Hannah Piquet and just uh, really trying to help people move out, really serve as the kind of the, the anchor of the performing arts community and our, I guess you could even call it our evacuation from campus. Thanks, Shaden. You're the perfect type man. <laughs> um, I don't know. It was honestly, what, like a knee jerk reaction? Is that what they call it? Like, I just got the email and I think me... Like, first and foremost, as an FGLI kid, I'm like, how can I minimize cost everywhere possible? Like, I, I don't want to spend more money than I have to. And it just kind of hit, like, I knew I would be lucky enough and financially stable enough to be able to get, like, the moving company to help me at short notice. Or, like, if I have something I really need to ship home, like, my family could find the funds to do it. But other people are not as fortunate. and as an FGLI student, like most of us are in a chat together and it was going insane of people freaking out. They're like, I can't go home. I can't do this. It's like, I just need a couple extra bucks to be able to get a plane ticket. Like, can someone like Venmo me something or like find a way to help me save on storage so then I can pay it for a ticket. And like all of that chaos and just knowing like, especially that center was hitting hard. And like, this isn't an isolated group of people. Like it's, definitely everywhere and everyone has these struggles and burdens right now and since I knew like personally I could be okay I was like why don't I just use some energy that I could have used if I needed to figure out my own path to like help others and that's when I really just started trying to utilize the resources we have as an arts group because we definitely are very lucky as pack groups for all the work that Megan, Lori, James, and Sarah do, um, Amanda as well, but all the work that those five core people really do to like get us space and ensure that we're safe and healthy. I was like, I know they want to help here. Let me be someone on the grounds who can also like help and navigate getting students to these resources that I know they have on tap. And so that led us to just really figuring out space like in the pack shop and in Solomon for people to be able to put their items and to be able to get especially for off-campus people, because we weren't sure whether, like, the boxes and tape and stuff that Penn was providing was also accessible to them. So we got, like, some secondary supplies. So a bunch of, like, graduating seniors or just anyone off-campus could still have those resources without having to get them themselves or try to, like, stalk a UPS since they were running low. Um and then I just did it. I don't know. It's just one of those things where you're like on autopilot and you just go. And then you look back, and you're like, oh, damn, I did that. Cool. <laughs> uh, so I'd love to just kind of hear about 
What was going through all of your minds during that month, during March 2020? And how, how did you all work together as a team during the pandemic? I think it's a lot of communication. I think that was what, what, what really we were focused on doing and focused on improving during that time because there was it just everything seemed to happen so fast. Like everything seemed to happen so fast. So like, I think it was really important that we were mindful to be communicative with each other and understanding what exactly the situation is on the ground. Um, and like talking with like, with like flat staff and understanding. So, so yeah, I think it was just something where, where initially I think all of us were once again, like, Oh, well, they're not having like huge in-person classes. Cause I think that was the original announcement until it kind of dawned on everyone that like, Oh, no, this is the rest of the semester. Like, like we aren't going back at all this year and stuff and kind of understanding, okay, what, if anything, can be done? Yeah, uh, Ayaka and then Adam. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely communication was very important. I also think that although it was a sucky semester for everybody, you know, and especially for exec, I think it allowed, um, it gave room for a lot of creativity and um, just uniqueness. Um, in terms of our responsibilities and really helped us hone in on our creative problem-solving skills. You know, um, when Balkanal couldn't happen, we tried to do a little fun thing for the community by recording a video and um, encouraging boards to submit costumes or, or pictures of themselves in, in costumes and things like that. So, um, you know, as much as it was a difficult semester, I think I personally was found it a good challenge because um, we got to just be fun and creative and what, what is there to lose, right? To push boundaries and do something new that other boards haven't done before. Yeah, I agree. It was definitely, like I was saying, it was very fun to have all of us sit down with each other, you know, in a Zoom um, and be like, okay, well, how do we approach this? without any limitation of, oh, well, this is how it's been done in the past. So we should try and, you know, follow a similar guideline or a, a similar, you know, set of steps. Um, I especially, especially remember for SPAN, which is a student performing arts night um, and traditionally happens in, you know, the very big Irvine auditorium and every performing arts group gets to perform for an audience of uh, first year and new students. So Obviously, we knew very fast, and that was also always the first week of school. So we knew no matter what, that was not going to happen the way we thought it was. So I remember we had so many different ideas of, you know, well, maybe we can live stream it and we could, you know, do something with the freshmen in their dorms with the lounges and have like little pods of that. You know, what if we did like a week of it? And what if we did that? Like just so many different scenarios. Um, so that kind of stuff was really fun to work on. I will say at the same time, it was very challenging and especially when people would often look to us for answers and that was often very hard when we didn't know anything more than they did and at the same time trying to plan while not knowing like literally anything <laughs> and it was also very hard you know as plans changed you know just personally I mean I remember kind of accepting how different fall would be especially over the summer and that was fine but then, you know, on August 11th, when Penn was like, actually, no, no one come back. <laughs> uh, absolutely nothing in person. Then we kind of had to reevaluate. And I mean, it was a little hard personally, too, because I was like, you know, we spent all summer planning for hybrid and all the stuff that we could do. And 
okay, now let's start over again and, you know, still try and have some semblance of the, like, well, you know, what we were trying to achieve, even though we now, like, can't do anything that we wanted to. Mm. Yeah. Ayaka? Yeah. Um, I definitely think that another thing we learned or something that we really embraced was just compassion for everybody, compassion for each other whenever we couldn't get things done. You know, it's it was a hard year and, and compassion for the groups, you know, because they were very eager to make the arts happen during this difficult time. And personally, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. There were times when I was overwhelmed with the questions I got and, um, you know, often unanswerable questions, but I tried to be as compassionate as I can be and just grateful that I'm surrounded by people who care about the arts so much that they want to make it happen um, in any way, shape or form during this time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hear you all there. And I'm, um... I, I remember I, I was one of those people asking questions, especially to Adam. So I appreciate I appreciate you all and like really being the trailblazers in this uncharted territory of performing arts. Um, and I, I'd love to just kind of pivot to just ask, do you have any advice for people in the performing arts? This can be for this upcoming academic year's PAC exec. It can be for incoming new students interested in the performing arts. It could be even just anyone at Penn. I think people in the performing arts need to really keep this in mind. Mental health should come first at the end of the day over literally everything else for performing arts groups. Mm-hmm. I think that there is unfortunate. I, th- I think it's getting better. I think this is just, this is a generally like Penn wide like phenomenon, but like I've noticed this in some performing arts groups that people feel like they need to put the performing arts group over their mental health sometimes. And that's not okay. Mm. That's not okay at all. And like, that is something that like, you need to be flexible about that. Like you need to be flexible with people regarding their mental health. When I was doing Manahata, for instance, um, Duval, who graduated last year, she was the lead of my show. And she's someone who was like, who was getting called very frequently to come to, the, to come to play rehearsals. And I ended up having to reach out to her at one point, and, like talk with her and be like, Hey, I want to check in with you and how you're doing men- and how your mental health is doing. And I think that that is something that a lot more groups should be doing, especially with people that they're calling a lot being like, how are you doing? You come first. Like something that I've also said at the start of every show I've directed or both shows I've directed, I should say, is that like your mental health comes first, then maybe school, then maybe this play, maybe something else. I don't know you. Maybe you have family stuff that comes before this. That's totally okay. And if you ever need to like, like, not come last minute i understand i get it and stuff like just give me a heads up and we can work around it and stuff because i want to make sure that this is an enjoyable process for you and that you and your mental health are being prioritized because at the end of the day while i would love for my play to go on the mental health of my cast and crew honestly matters more to me than that and that's something that i wish a lot more groups here understood and were more flexible about because I think that some people can be kind of unreasonable about that. And I think that's important to continue promoting this culture of being understanding of people's mental health and being honest about these dialogues because not enough people are, I mean, I think people are now starting to have them, but we need to really promote this even more. Otherwise, Mm. these unfortunate practices could continue. Um, For incoming students, don't be afraid to look silly. (laughs) <laughs> and I know it's so hard when you're a freshman, and especially now, because you're like, I haven't even been in person yet. You know, what if, like, I'm a good Zoomer, but not a good in-personer? Um, just don't be afraid, because I, 
even if you look silly, quote unquote, no one thinks badly of you in this community. And if anything, it's just, it makes you seem like you're someone who's so open to other people too. If you're willing to put yourself out there for a laugh for someone or you're willing to put yourself out there if someone's having a bad day and you can obviously tell and you're the one who's like want to talk about it like it really does speak volumes and then like taking that advice too with like the groups you want to join um there's so many groups that sometimes like you are just so dead passionate about and then you don't get in and then you're like I I just can't be in the arts that's not really true. Like a lot of them, mm. once you get in the community or you find your way in, like you're going to a fall in love with whatever you join into. Like, again, that perception thing, like once you get inside, like you definitely change and see more of the beauty of what can kind of be black and white on like, you know, pin clubs. Um, but it also is like, just don't give up because the more they get to, things get to know you, the more you can branch out. Kind of like in my story, I joined with FTC, which led into all of the tacky, which led into bloomers, which led into pack exec, which led into me doing stuff with act groups. Like, did I ever think I'd be working with Penn Sirens, who awesome are now fully integrated in Fleet Club. You got to give that shout out. Um, mm-hmm. No, I never thought I'd be there when I started, but I was really able to make those friends and go crazy. So be open to other groups, even if like one group can't take you at a certain time, because most likely it's logistical. It's not you. It's not a value judgment of you. Because I think if possible, every arts group would take you for whatever you wanted. Like generalizing for like most people, but I think like 99% of people would say that. And once you kind of get in and you show like you're just happy to be in the community, you flourish. Mm. And then just for leaders keep that community up like everything I just said for the freshmen and new students to be able to like have this great community like keep the community up and I'm really like proud of our like upcoming upperclassmen who are in those leadership roles because they've really worked hard and really horrible years that honestly I'm so sad they have to go through and I know they're going to do amazing, especially rebuilding a community that's even better than what we have now. Mm. Yeah. Is there any other advice you'd have for for performing arts leaders or just uh, Penn students in general? Take a deep breath when approaching really anything. <laughs> um, and I think it's very good to, you know, try and push boundaries and, you know, break through and do new fun and inventive stuff. But I also think it's very important to, you know, really ask yourself why you're doing it and really if it's worth it. Because, sure, you might have a really great video of, you know, your show that you did all virtually. But if no one's happy afterward and no one enjoyed making it, and even though the final product looks great, then I think you should really ask yourself if it was worth it. Um And really just to emphasize the process over the final product, because I think the process is what people remember. And I mean, the process is the whole thing up until like the last weekend or like the release. Um, And that takes up so much more of your art than necessarily creating the last thing. Um, So really just to emphasize making sure that the process is safe, enjoyable, 
um, and something that everyone can be a part of and do well. Yes. Ayaka? Um, yeah, I think Adam basically hit what I was going to say. But I think, I don't know, just have gratitude, I think. Um, I definitely, mm. you know, there were moments this year where I was like, oh, why is this not happening? This is not going right. Oh, so many people were asking me questions. Oh, I don't even know the answers to. And, you know, I would often get very caught up in those feelings of negativity. But um, what helped me move forward, I think, was being grateful for the little things, you know, just like having friends and family who are supportive of me always and supportive of my endeavors and my creative endeavors and having, like, I don't know, being part of a group where we're doing an opera during the semester, doing it online. And um, for me personally, once I started seeing things that I was grateful for, I um, it became easier for me to find the silver linings in all of this. Um, and so I don't know, just just I think be grateful for the situation you're in. I know it's really hard too. And um, I think it helps you. I don't know have a more positive outlook and even in the darkest of times. To kind of conclude, um, I'd love for us to just very briefly to just talk about what's what is everyone looking forward to? And this could be in the near term or it could be in the long term. Uh, I understand there's a lot we do not know about the future. And it, it's okay also if there's there's nothing uh, as well. Adam? This is a little bit of like a longer term thing. And then also now, um, I'm really looking forward to, especially as more people get vaccinated, you know, being able to spend time with friends and the people that I love and care about more. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll be moving to New York City at the end of May. So I'm really looking forward to that um, and entering the commercial theater business. Um, I'm also looking forward to maybe this is, again, looking at it in the long run, but I'm excited to have a reunion with all the all of my fellow Packetsack members and other performing arts folks at Penn and just, I don't know, seeing what they're up to in, in two years and five years and 10 years. And uh, I just know that I'm surrounded by people who will do very cool things in the future. And so um, I'm very happy about that. I'm very excited to see what they'll do. I'm excited about, you know, things I might be doing. And I don't know. I'm, it's, it's, I think we all have a very bright and exciting future ahead of us. And that's really exciting. 100%. You all are very talented and you have a very talented class. Uh, and you all will be like really missed next year. Um, then that's, that's coming from from my heart, and I think that a lot of other people uh, share that as well. I'm looking forward to the arts kind of getting like back to normal, quote unquote, because mm. I think we were able to do so many great things this year and be able to create as much as a community as we could. But there's always just that thing missing with like in person and having those little experiences and interactions that when you're in zoom, like you don't do because it's like you're on when you need to be on, you're off anytime else where like in person, it's like, even when you're off, you're kind of still nearby and functioning and on. Mm. Um, and on, I think those are some of like the best moments within college and within the arts. Cause it's just those little unexpected gems or, your one chance meeting with someone who becomes your best friend. Um, 
and I'm just so excited for those people to be able to get to experience it. And mm-hmm. I, I think having to end junior semester in like a year that I was like, I'm just going to dedicate everything to my studies. Social life can wait. I'll do it all senior year. And being like, ah, I shot myself in the foot there. <laughs> I should have definitely not have been in blinder mode and realized how privileged I am to be in these communities with such great people. Um, again, I'm not saying like, don't prioritize your studies. Like that's horrible. Like always prioritize your studies, but also just trying to like, make sure you have a healthy work life balance. And I think it's kind of a way to call a lot of people have gotten of like some people, me included, were like really work. And now, you know, and like, we're like, we'll put play later, but now play's gone. And so you want to value that, but also be able to still keep yourself going for your work as well. And so that's what I'm excited about to see how these people that were kind of, especially, I don't know what my future is going to be like. Someone let me know. Do we have a psychic in the audience? <laughs> help me out. Do some tarot cards. <laughs> I need to know. You're, you're bound to do something great, Hannah. Thanks, you're someone who is empathetic and cares about other people. And I think people will see that. And someone's going to be like, you know what? Got to take up her talents. She's going to join us. Again, everyone, I'm telling you, Jaden's a great hype man. Hire him. <laughs> Thank you all for your time. Uh, <laughs> I, I really appreciated having you all on the podcast uh, and to kind of hear about your experiences on uh, Pack Exec as well as in the performing arts more broadly. Thank you for being real uh, about your experience. And I just wanted to quickly ask, uh, where can we find you all online? Usually on YouTube, but that's not what you're asking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, my Instagram is AdamDFirst. Um, I also have a website, AdamFirstDesign.com. Not that anyone needs to ever go on it. <laughs> but yeah, that has uh, some cool stuff on it too. Yeah, it's basically at Hannah Paquet. My name, H-A-N-N-A-H-P-A-Q-U-E-T. I know the last name can be hard, but I spelled it out for you folks. I'll make basically everything. Sure, follow me. I'm kind of a social media hermit, but if you follow me, I'll like all your stuff. So I'm a free like. I guess that's good enough. (laughs) Um, uh, My Instagram is Ayaka Shimada, my full name, and then an underscore because someone else took my handle Ayaka Shimada. So hopefully I'll be rich enough one day that I can buy it back. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm on Facebook too. Um, but I guess, yeah, Instagram is a good way to reach me. Fabulous. Thank you all. So this has been an episode of Backstage at Plat House. We've got more interviews on the way, so please be sure to subscribe. If you've got time, please give us a rating or a review to help more pen folks and performing arts folks find us. Finally, follow our pages on Facebook. Platt Student Performing Arts House and UPenn Pack Shop. And on Instagram at Penn Platt House and at Pack Shop 4100. I'm Jaden Klubeck, and you can find me on Facebook and on Instagram at Jaden Clue. Our theme music is Retro Climb by my talented friend Peter Liu. Thank you to Sarah Outing for organizing this podcast and to Amanda Labonte for editing this episode. And as always, thank you for listening. You'll fix it in post.